Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened, your tray table is in an upright and locked position, and that you are ready to get weird and think different. Please prepare for takeoff. Today is Wednesday, July 22nd, and we are back, 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 back with another episode of Destination Different. Things are happening here, folks. This week, we have live sports back on the television. So technically last week, we started getting some Major League Soccer here in the U.S. on TV, baseball resumes at the end of this week I believe NBA starts kicking back up again next week it's honestly like we we need this people need this we have gone four four months now five months without any real sports on the television and I am ecstatic to have something in the form of sports back on the TV. It doesn't look like there's going to be fans. We're playing in a bubble. But I think the general consensus is that some sports is better than no sports. And that's what we're going to get. And I couldn't be happier. And today's guest on the show has started to do some things in the the sports world as well. Uh, So our guest today is a man by the name of Brandon Brito, and he is a filmmaker and documentarian uh, from Revere, Massachusetts. So Brandon's story is fascinating. I actually, he uh, is a graduate of Boston College, the same school that I uh, went to, and I was perusing Twitter as I do not too long ago and saw an article pop up about a documentary that he had filmed called Kicking on Rocks, where he visited uh, the African nation of Cape Verde and filmed a documentary about soccer on the islands and what it was like for those players and you know their love of the game and, and how some of the, the top players in the, in the area were trying to push their, push their game further to, to go pro, to play for the national team. And, uh, so Brandon just recently released that documentary. It came out in, in May uh, it's on. It's over on his YouTube channel, and it was. You know, it's a fascinating documentary, and he's 22 years old, just graduated from college, and he's already put out a couple of these uh, short, short films. And I, I want to talk to him and kind of hear about this experience. You don't. You don't see every day that somebody goes over to, you know, to an African nation and films a documentary at at his at his age. And so you know, we talked about the. Where where did that idea come from? How did he execute? I think there's a lot of production headaches when it comes to filming in a foreign foreign country, and so uh, we talked a little bit about that, and then really just got into his you know, life so far as a filmmaker and where he wants to to take his work going forward. And obviously, there's a lot that he's still still learning and still trying to push for, and. It was he just is super inspiring guy. You can tell he has a, an incredible work ethic and 
wants to just continue to push his work forward is is taking any job that he can to uh, to learn to grow to get better uh, at his craft and I have no doubts that he's going to continue to you know do big things and push out more amazing documentary work and more film work and so I'll 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 get into the episode here now but I'm super excited for you guys to listen to to Brandon's interview here today. Uh, awesome kid, like so you can just it oozes out of him, just super big heart, and his work in in Cape Verde is amazing, and and I think he has more uh, documentary work in him here going forward. So, with that, we will get into this week's episode of Destination Different with Brandon Brito, filmmaker and documentarian and creator of Kicking on Rocks. Hope you enjoy. You know, I was that kid that always used to be, uh, my face was always glued to the TV. I used to do this thing where I used to be right in front of the TV I couldn't sit on the couch and watch something normally. I had to be right up in front of the action, like I'm in it. Yeah. And uh, nah, that was the reason why I had to wear glasses for a while. But um, I don't know. I was always, you know, infatuated with the, uh, like, just the art of cinema, motion picture, um, even animation. And after a while, I, I started to find find myself going into, like, you know, the special, the special features of a DVD and watching the making of certain movies. And mm-hmm. I would see how it was done. It's like, that stuff is really cool. You know, like I want to do that at some point. Uh, I want to be a part of that. You know, this is really like an art and it takes, you know, it takes so much focus. It takes so much hard work, determination to get something done. And if you do it right, it could be something, you know, beautiful. You can tell a story that someone's never heard before or, you know, you can, you know, amaze people when they go in the cinema, you watch, they watch your movie, you know, that kind of stuff. And the best part is you can tell a story with it. Yeah. And what were some of those like early, you know, in your childhood, some of those inspirations for you that you were, you were trying to get your hands on the extended cut or you were sitting right up two feet from the screen, you know, analyzing what was going on. What were some of those like early, early inspirations for you? Well, when it comes to, you know, me being, glued to the TV right in front of the screen with my nose touching the, uh, the screen as the CRT television. That was, uh, those are like Disney animation movies. I mean, who didn't grow up on, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. And then, uh, but after a while, when it came to like, you know, special features and stuff, I always saw myself watching uh, movies like Spider-Man two, the making of Spider-Man two, which was yeah. like the best of the trilogy. And then, uh, you know, making a Jurassic park movies, making a Harry Potter movies and making a, uh, uh, yeah, pretty much those three. Yeah, just like a, a student of it. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good three. I'd say those have been fairly uh, fairly successful, to say the least. Um, yeah. So as you kind of got older, and it sounds like you you know you went into athletics, you're playing football, um, you know you're you're playing sports. How did I know I found personally, like I, not that I went away from my creative work, but it certainly got put like deep, deep, deep on the back burner. I think you get so involved in, in your athletics. And um, how was that for you of kind of balancing, all right, I want to, you know, I, I'm really interested in this creative stuff, but you know, for you, it sounds like the NFL was the dream for me. It was like, all right, how can I play for the U S national team in soccer? Like that was, that was the goal. 
Um, so how was it like balancing that creative side with, you know, being focused on athletics? Uh, well, if I go back to like high school when I was playing uh, varsity football, it was, I mean, it was almost impossible. You couldn't really do it because, uh, you know, back then, if, you know, where, if you're familiar with, you know, the Boston area, a lot of mm-hmm. us are like, you know, working class cities, you know, that kind of stuff where, you know, it's a simple life. You know, you go to work, you go to school, you know, you make some money, you live comfortably. And, you know, when you, when you have aspirations like I did at the time where it's like, yeah, uh, you know, I want to be, I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a, I wanted to write books. I want to write screenplays. I want to make movies. Sometimes you'll get, you know, from your, your teammates or from, you know, some friends, it's like, uh, I'm not saying it was everybody, but yeah. you know, sometimes you'd get like, why, you know, it's like, what, why would you want to go and be an actor? What's the point of making movies? You know, those guys are Illuminati. They're all in Hollywood, you know, yeah. <laughs> doing satanic rituals, all that stuff. You know, you want to be a poser for people. And so for a while, I, while I was playing football, that was just kind of suppressed. You know, I always had that, that, uh, that I got the, the, I always had like the notion that, you know, the arts was not, you know, a masculine thing to do mm-hmm. for like, you know, but then, you know, in football, it's like, you know, being a football player and an actor, that's kind of funny. But at the same time, you think like, dude, Terry Crews is an actor. Right. The Rock was an actor and he was a monster at the University of Miami. And you think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I didn't really realize all that until after college, but while I was in high school, it was basically just sports. Yeah. And that's when, and yeah, I was in love with football. I was in love with sports. I've been in love with it for a long time, you know. But um, I figured, like, you know what? If I'm not going to be doing that stuff, I'm not going to doing, be doing filmmaking. If I'm not going to be doing acting, I'm not going to be doing art. I'm going to focus on this. Let me make it to the NFL, you know, because not a lot of people from, you know, my area of, you know, Suffolk County, not a lot of people go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I want to be the first in line to do that. Go play at BC Division One football, and then from there get drafted to a – a respectable team and you know pop off when you get to the league yeah <laughs> but um you know that was something i just didn't work hard enough at and um i didn't realize all of that until um when i actually went to bc and tried out for the eagles and didn't make it i really like that's something at this point that i um i just have to get over that's something i need to that's gonna bother me for the rest of my life but now mm-hmm. i gotta have uh the good news about it is I have this chip on my shoulder. Uh, I returned back to, you know, my passion for, you know, the um, cinema mm-hmm. in, in, in all of its forms. Um, and, you know, it, I'm at this point in my life, I'm only like 22. I might be talking out of my ass, but like, you know, I, I know what I want. I see where I, what I can do with it. Obviously kicking on rocks has been fairly successful mm-hmm. up until this point. So um, I want to put 110% in this and, you know, make the most out of it and make things that can impact and uplift other people. And hopefully I can, uh, you know, just, uh, feel proud about, um, the things I produce. So, I mean, I this love, is only I the start. That. No, I love that. I mean, is, was there a moment for you? where you were like, oh man, I, like you mentioned, it was, it kind of resurrected, you know, it, it came back where you were like, man, I need to get back into like these creative things. I, my, I love filmmaking. I love the arts. Like, was there a moment that you said like, oh, I need, I'm getting back into this or how did that, how did that, you go get back to like scratching that itch? 
that <laughs> that came from looking for a major. Yeah, really. So this was like, yeah, this was like the spring of 2018. This was like my sophomore year, and you know, I was still undecided. I mean, I was at the, uh, I was in the Lynch School for a while. I was mm-hmm. doing applied psych um, and human development, and I was telling myself I'm going to be a teacher because when I, coming out of high school, um, that's what I was focused on. I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. be a teacher. I'm going to go learn English. I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to come back to Revere High School, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I mean, not that there's nothing, I'm not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, that's something that's, that's awesome. Uh, but it wasn't for you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not, at least not yet. Yeah. Could you know, be I feel like in order for me to come back and do something like that, I need to have some kind of an ethos. Mm-hmm. I can't just go, I can't just, I feel like I just can't just go into a school and start teaching, you know, whatever, because I, the first thing about being a teacher, you know, you want to, you want to, I feel like you're going to want a reason for, um, you know, you want to give people like your students a reason to, to listen to you. They can trust you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, specifically if you want to like talk to them about filmmaking, right. You know, or some, a medium like that. So, um, I, in the spring of my, in the spring of my, my uh, sophomore year, it was just like, it, the, the clock was ticking. I needed to declare. And I was like, you know what, this, this psychology thing. I mean, I was pretty good at what I was doing, but I was like, eh, it just doesn't, it didn't feel right. Yeah. And also then I was like teeter tottering over communications and maybe minor in film studies, because I felt like nobody would take that seriously. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're going to BC, you're paying 70 K a year. You're going to be in student debt for like t- 10 years. And you're, and you're, you're coming out with, you know, you're going to watch movies at BC. Um, it took me a while to kind of, get over the thought of that. And, you know, I've always been told by my parents, like, look, if you're going to, if you're going to study something, make sure it's something that you love. Don't go where the money is, go where mm-hmm. your heart is, go what you want, what you want to do. You know what I mean? And if and it, you'll know you're in the right place and, you know, and did, it, immediately, did it immediately feel right to you once you were like, you know, got into the film studies and you were saying, did it feel right? Immediately. Yeah. You know, when I first, when I went, walked into my first film class, which was, um, what was it? Intro to film art with um, Gotham Chopra. It was uh, like once we started talking about what is film, what is the illusion of movement, that stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's all. It's like that meme. This is you know, for it's me. All coming together, <laughs> you know. Yeah. All right. So you dive in. So it seems like now you kind of you're getting your your kind of base education in in film. You've always had a love for it, but you're now like actually studying it. Um, and so, at what point, I guess did you get into like the, the creation stage? So I've seen like, you know, you have a, a YouTube channel that I see there's like a, you got a couple shorts on there. And then obviously I want to talk more at depth about the, the documentary that you just filmed. But like, at what point did you kind of transition from a student of it to a, okay, I'm going to now go put this into practice. That, um, again, that was like around spring sophomore mm-hmm. year. Um, and that's that it, it was again it was something that like kind of resurrected mm-hmm. from the like from what I wanted to do in the past you know when uh go all the way back to like oh seven oh eight when I was on YouTube and YouTube was a young like website and you would watch videos like um the Numa Numa guy you know these yeah. like F and D films all that kind of stuff <laughs> um throwback I haven't brought, that yeah <laughs> absolute throwback right <laughs> yeah uh so I've been uh I've always told myself when I was little, I was like, yeah, I gotta, 
I got to do something like this. You know, I want to make little movies, make little videos. Now I have somewhere to put it up. But it was hard to like convince my parents and my aunt and mm-hmm. my grandmother like that there was no virus on this website. Yeah. So, uh, so that really get off the ground. I always told my uh, friends like in the sixth grade, like, hey, I'm going to be making weekly videos. Be on the look. <laughs> you know, you were, one of, the, you were one of the OG uh, YouTube stars. Oh, no, I was not. I guess I was not a star at all. <laughs> no, I was. I Has was a vision for consistent. it. I'd say I was making a, uh, I was making a film or making a movie. They'll go on the channel. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. I was one of those people. You know, it's kind of like Kanye West in a way. <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to edit that out. I love Kanye. You're going to think I'm against him. No, I love him. But, um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, sophomore year, fast forward. It's like, you know, okay, I got to, if I want to do filmmaking, if I want to do stuff like that, I have to, I have to release content, I have to produce content. But, you know, in the last decade, you know, it's all been all about, you know, vlogging and, mm-hmm. uh, having like becoming a YouTube personality and you know, I figured, you know what, we can start there. I could do little like skits. I could do little vlogs. I could be though that guy that, you know, starts a video with what's up guys. My name is Brandon. I'm coming back to another <laughs> video, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, I tried that for a while. I uh, did it a little bit with my cousin. We had this little thing called the breakfast table where we just literally sat down. We ate cereal and we just talked about whatever we wanted. Um, but that wasn't, really i mean i felt like it wasn't me i wasn't being authentic yeah so i figured you know what i gotta step away from that uh youtube personality thing because i'm not gonna go and be uh you know i'm not gonna go and put a mask on and uh portray myself as you know something that i'm really not i'm not that guy just kind of sits down and eats cereal it is it is so interesting with youtube now and just like making videos and film in general is there's so much copycat behavior. It's hard to like really carve out your own, you know, your own style, your own lane. Like how have you started to do that now as, as you've developed more and obviously like, you know, you really put your stamp on it with, with the documentary, but how did you start to like carve out who you were as a, as a filmmaker and a creator? Well, first it kind of started with telling myself that, look, I'm not that kind of person that's going to, do the vlogging thing i'm not gonna be this you know i'm not i'm not saying like you know that all youtube personalities are fake because it's not all of them are you know Mm -hmm. but i'm i just don't feel like i'm that kind of person i feel like it's more of a um i feel like i i I have to go a different route you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. in 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 terms of how, how i'm running my channel it's not, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to be posting something new every week. I'm not going to be, um, you know, doing reaction videos. I'm not going to be doing like mukbangs where I'm sitting in front of the screen and eating like lobster right. for an hour. I'm not going to do that. I feel like if I, like, I, I kind of stopped like, you know, thinking about that kind of stuff, stop thinking about riding the wave, just come back to yourself saying, well, what do you want to do? What do you mm-hmm. study? You study filmmaking. Okay. What do you want? Ha- what steps do you have to take to become a filmmaker? You have to make movies, you know? So how do you get good at it? You make more movies. You create things with quality in it, you know? And that's kind of the way I'm trying to operate this thing. You know, it's just a channel. It's my kind of like a portfolio. I don't have a website yet. So um, I'm just using it now as, you know, if I have a short film coming up, if I made a little skit with like my brothers and stuff like that, and I think it's good enough, it's, it's going to be on the channel. If mm-hmm. I have like a big short film that I'm producing in the city or if I'm producing somewhere else with like a crew and actors and stuff like that, that's going to be on the channel. 
yeah. all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's quality over, I mean, no, yeah, wait. So I always mix myself up with this. It's quality over quantity. Yeah. So not everything I'm going to make is going to be on that channel. Not everything I'm going to write is going to be on that channel. It's the best. Like I want to put out the best and I don't want to, you know, I don't care about subscribers. I don't really care about how many likes it gets. I mean, how many, I mean, obviously you want to get as many views as you want, but I want my stuff to be good. I want everything to be thought provoking or something. I want to, I want to, I want people to um, experience something new or experience a new perspective on something or learn a new story. I'm not going to, I don't want to, you know, rush myself into posting like, Oh, here's me reacting to this, this and that, at least not now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you say right now it's like, you know, you're still very young as in your career and, and are just trying to, you know, really like hone your skills, continue to get better, like, build on you know continue to grow is it right now like really showing your process and it's showing you know how you're you're growing as a filmmaker and kind of you know the best things that you're working on at the moment yeah this is i mean this is the very very beginning of what i plan to be a you know a lifelong career mm -hmm. you know so I want to get started, you know, the best way possible. I don't really want to release um, stuff that I just don't think is good enough. Obviously, um, there's always going to be room for improvement with everything that I release. Um, but when I when I put something out, I want to just make sure that it's going to be it's it could be at least watchable. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the most important thing. I want to just focus on you know, telling stories and bringing the audience to different parts of the world through visual medium. So that's, I mean, right now, that's, that's where my focus is right now. And until something new comes up and that I can uh, mix with film, I mean, this is what it's going to be. That's the focus. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your kind of biggest piece to date, I would say, um, with Kicking on Rock. So for those who are listening that don't know, so you just released a documentary not too long ago here now i think it was may that it came out um where you traveled to cape verde um and talked to you know, visit a number of islands there talked with a number of different soccer players um in that nation and sort of spoke to them on uh their love of the game and sort of the the hardships that come with being a soccer player in cape verde um so tell me a little bit about that that process one like how, where did that idea come from? How did you, um, well, let's start there. Where did that idea come from for a, for a documentary? The idea came from the fact that I needed to come up with an, an idea for a senior thesis. Okay. <laughs> so I was, um, I was in a, I was in a meeting with my academic advisor at the time, uh, John Mahalchik, who is the, uh, head of the film department at BC. And um, we were talking about possibly, you know, coming up with, you know, a documentary, like a big documentary to set me off because this was like spring my junior year. So mm. he was talking about how I had to come up with a senior project. And, you know, he this was at the time we were, you know, starting to get to know each other. So he was asking me about my, my family backgrounds and everything. So. I started talking about my mother's side of the family and my mother is an immigrant from Italy. 
-hmm. and I was talking about, you know, my family's background. And I also talked about my father's background and he's also an immigrant. He's from Cape Verde. And, you know, we started talking about that kind of stuff. He said, how about like, and he was, obviously he was interested in like what I was saying because, um, you know, he knows a lot about world war two. He knows a lot about the Holocaust. Um, he does a lot of documentaries on that. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, I, I told him that, you know, my family and my grandfather, they grew up during the time of world war two in Southern Italy before the civil war, um, in Italy. And, um, he started talking about what, how would you like to, you know, make a documentary about your family in Italy, go to Italy and shoot this documentary and BC will pay for this. And I and, and, and once I heard that, I was like, you're like, I'm in, like, can that happen? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I was like, can that actually happen? Can we do that? <laughs> so, um, I spent the whole summer, uh, you know, talking about it and I spoke to him, I took I had to take summer classes because I had a uh, um, what's it called a credit deficiency and almost mm-hmm. didn't graduate on time. But uh, <laughs> but you know I talked to him about it over the summer. And at first the idea was supposed to come from Italy, but fast forward in September, I was uh, actually working at this gym in Boston and there was downtime, so I was watching soccer, you know, on my phone, and I started thinking about like you know I don't know. It was, the time I don't know how I was thinking about Cape Verde at the same time, but I came up with this idea. I was like, why don't I ever see anything about Cape Verdean soccer? Mm-hmm. So I go on YouTube, I start typing in like Cape Verdean soccer. And yeah, you get the highlights of like the national team playing against other African countries like uh, Mozambique against Angola, against, you know, a whole bunch of different countries. And thought about, yeah, but what about like inside the country are there any clubs in this in the country right how do these players get to the nat to the international level how do they get to play nationally i mean are internationally and i couldn't really find that much information on that so i was like there it is that's the documentary so i talked to Mahalchik about it and he said that's an excellent idea so i mean it's it's gone through its you know it went through its evolution at first it's going to be a documentary about my family and you know World War II Italy, and then it just turned into, um, you know, soccer players in Cape Verde trying to make it out, make a name for themselves, and go professional and all that. So, so I imagine that it's not a simple undertaking going to Cape Verde, filming a documentary, you know, meeting with a number of different teams and players. How did, like, the, I guess, the pre-production process go for you of you know, scouting locations, of getting visas, getting permits, like organizing people to talk to, like how was that whole process coordinated? How did you even make this come to be? Uh, well, when I talk about pre-production, it was mostly like, it was a lot of writing. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, a lot of writing to convince the, um, the uh, Jacques Salmanowitz committee um, who funded the project, you know, to grant me the opportunity to, um, go overseas, miss a couple of weeks of the second semester, my last semester as a college student, and actually shoot this thing. So that was the hard, that was the hard part, you know, because, uh, you know, I was emailing back and forth with John, and he was saying, like, Brandon, the committee is saying that they're a little concerned about you missing class time, and, you know, this could, and they're, they're worried that this will affect your grade. And I was just like, you know, 
I had to like come up with a, um, you know, with an email saying like, look, trust me on this. I'm not, I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my studies. This is also a part of my studies. This is for my graduation. I'm not doing this for nothing. And I guarantee you, you give me this time, I'm going to stay at the top of my, at the top of my game in the classroom. And I'm also going to stay at the top of the game in this, the production of this film. I am not going to waste any time. Mm-hmm. So by the grace of God, they gave me, they, um, they gave me the go ahead. And when we traveled to Cape Verde, when you travel to Cape Verde, you know, not everything is going to go your way. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's just how it is. <laughs> um, anybody that's traveled to Cape Verde can back me up on this one. Other K, any Cape Verdeans that listen to this, like, you know, uh, so the first thing that happened when me and my dad, you know, we landed in, uh, the, in, um, where did we land? We landed in, where was it? I think we landed. Yeah. We landed in Praia mm-hmm. and it's, which is the capital. And, uh, the the problem was when we when we were there there was a there was a, a monsoon coming from the Sahara from the mainland and it was blowing all the sand all this dust onto the islands oh. and the, and the air quality was pretty bad and so what we were supposed to do from Praia we were supposed to take a flight to go to Fog which is the uh, the volcano island and from Fog we were supposed to catch a ferry to go to Brava that's how you trans that's how you travel throughout the islands it's ferry and plane. And so everything like, like our plans right off the bat, they were already like, it wasn't going the way we put it, put it out on paper. They said like, yeah, um, the, uh, <laughs> so the planes, the plane ride to Fogo was canceled uh, because of the monsoon. And so, you know, I mean, I've been to Cape Verde before. Uh, if you, if you're not familiar, you're going to get mad about that. But I was laughing about it. I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's okay. It's cool. That's because fine. of the so territory. It comes, it, it happens sometimes, you know, it happens. Um, and you know, they were concerned about our, our, our safety in the air. So, you know, that's, that's also something you got to think about, but it, it, this is where, you know, it gets really interesting. Obviously we stayed in Praia for a while. We were compensated. We stayed at a nice hotel, which just so happened to be the same hotel we had to come back to to interview Praia teams like a week later. Mm-hmm. But, um, eventually we made it to Fogu, but we had to wait another like few days until we could actually go to Brava. The original idea was we were going to record a team in Brava. We were going to record a team in Praia, those two islands. But it turned out being three because we had, because when we were in Fogu, me and my father went out to um, go get some food. We were getting uh, some uh, fried eels, which is really good food. Fried <laughs> which is eels. really Oh, yeah, fried eels. Huh. And it's really good. Yeah, we met this really nice guy, Artur. And... You know, my dad's a very friendly person, so he talks to everybody. Yeah. He was like, a, he was our He's taxi the mayor driver. of the town as soon as he walks in. Oh, no, that's his island, Brava. As soon as he gets to Brava, oh, yeah. Like, you got to stop every, like, two minutes because you got to talk to somebody. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, we met him. He was awesome. And he uh, he just so happened to know, like, a coach and a team um, that practices um, every now and then. So he took us to – um, the stadium in Fogo in San Felipe, and that's where we met Juventudi, the first the first team in the documentary, mm-hmm. and we got to talk to those guys, and we got a really good interview with them. We got a chance to you know hang out with those guys, watch them practice, and that was how we started the documentary. And none of that was planned, and that it was, was not in the like, script. It was not in the script. But the thing about documentary, you know, I mean, I've only made like two documentaries thus far, but one thing that gives me uh, 
kind of like a rush. It's like you never, it's never going to go 100% the way you planned it to. There's going to be something else that pops into it. Or it's going to be something that sets you back and you got to find like an alternative. And probably you makes know? the story even better. And yeah, and in this case, Juventudi made the story so much better. You know, because these guys, from one thing I noticed from this team was Juventudi, their coach, their players, these guys have a lot of heart. They don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of funding. Sometimes they don't even have cleats. Sometimes they don't have places to, you know, stay and get like food before a game. They, most of the time, they don't have locker rooms to go into for halftime. You know, they don't have anything, but they still make it work. And mm-hmm. the coach said it best, you know, they don't have much, but they, it's like, you can't measure heart on a team. These yeah. kids come out here, they play this game because they love this game. It keeps them off the streets. It keeps them away from negative influences, keeps them away from drugs, keeps them away from, you know, alcohol and all that. And a lot of these kids have potential. But the problem is there's not a lot of support. And from there, then we went to Brava. And from in Brava, you know, we met with a couple of teams that, you know, that had, that evidently had a lot more funding then teams like Juventudi did, like you had Morabeza and then you had um, Sporting. And those two teams, you know, they had uniforms. They had, ma- well, they had matching uniforms. Yeah. They had, you know, locker rooms to go into. They're, they had like, they had, um, the way they describe it, it's like, you know, they have like a bar, which is where all the fundraising for the team goes to. It's not a huh. lot, but it's enough to keep them. Right, it you know, keeps them afloat, going yeah. As a team. And but their issue in Brava is nobody goes to Brava. It's the smallest island. There's and also there's according to um, the head coach of um, Sporting, there's not a lot of communication. There's no ways of exposure. Like like media doesn't go over there and and you know film and shoot like the games. So how can other academies know about what's going on in Brava or or actually you know explore the the um, the talent of players right. that come from that island, if there's no way, if there's no communication, there's no film, there's no nothing on them. And then from there, from Bravo, we went back to the capital. And the capital is one of the best islands. Well, the, and, and Santiago is one of the best islands for soccer. There's, there's, um, there's two divisions. And one of the divisions we went to was in the capital, in Praia, and we got to meet with um, Academica and Travadosh, which were like really high-end teams, like top teams. And you could see it in the way those guys train. It's a lot more intense, you know, they have now these guys have they have practice uniforms right more of a professional environment it's a lot more yeah it's a lot more of a professional environment and what we got to talk to them about was um more about like you know how do you get like how do you get the opportunity to go and play for other countries to go and play for most like portugal or even spain or you know top level teams and a lot and a lot of them for the for a lot of those guys the issues is like usually visas like to leave Cape Verde and go stay in other countries. And, you know, and then when we went to Trabadores, like this is a team that was, that had enough support to actually pay their players, you know, oh, wow. and for them it's like, yeah, and, but it's not a lot, you mm-hmm. know, still. And it, I don't know, there was just a lot of different layers in it. That was just so much more, that was just so interesting. It's like, you know, this is a developing country. Obviously the league is developing and, you know, we had the opportunity to see it from like the ground up. And that's how and, I kind of organized it. And I imagine you didn't probably know a lot of this going in or did you like, how extensive was your research and what you knew 
in advance of, of going to shoot? I knew about, you know, a couple of teams, um, like going in, well, but mostly like the Praia, the teams from Praia. I yep. knew about Academica going into, like Academica the Praia, I knew about them, but I didn't really know. Other than that, I didn't know anything. Yeah. You know, I was like, you know, like that they're, that the way it works is like, you know, each island has a league and they compete for the opportunity to win, to play for the national championship. You know, it's yeah. kind of like each island is its own, like, uh, conference. Gotcha. And then, you know, the best teams go to whatever island is hosting the national championship tournament and they go and play there. That kind of stuff. So other than that, I mean, there was almost, there's almost nothing I could find in there. Yeah. Wow. So, so you're probably one of the first people ever to sort of do something of this scale and magnitude on soccer in Cape Verde. Is that fair to say? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but uh, uh, I'm, I, I'd like to see a lot more on it. I haven't done enough research to see how many, how many other stories on this I could find, but this is definitely not the, the, the last time I'm going to be doing it. I feel like there's going to be um, a follow-up to kicking on rocks. There's going to be another one. Okay. At some point. I like right now. That. Yeah. Right now it's at the very, very early stages. Obviously if I'm going to go and do this again, it's going to be on a much higher scale. I'm going to focus on much like many, like a lot of different things, not going to be the same format as the first, um, so, uh, right now, yeah, but right now it's just, uh, it's just a thought and that's how they all start out. <laughs> that's true. So tell me a little bit about how, uh, how it was visiting your dad's home, you know, home Island really with him. And for, I read, I think I read somewhere like he was helping you translate and, you know, it's, it sounds like he's, you know, introducing you to people as, as you're going along. So what was it like having him be part of this, uh, this documentary experience? It was awesome. You know, it was, uh. It was um, the ideal father-son, you know, experience, the, the ideal father-son bond um, that we were, like, both looking for, you know? And it was, uh, it was something that really brought us together that we both enjoyed doing. Um, and it wasn't my first time in Bravo. You know, I, know where I, 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 I was there um, a few years before um, mm. I actually shot kicking on rocks but um to go back to go back there and be familiar with you know the island of brava and you know see everybody that i knew already there again and you know stay at my uh, my home there and you know and, and you know have my father by my side to help me out with the uh production of this film i mean it was it was great and the opportunity cool. to go and travel to all the other islands and you know after it was all done you know we could just kind of we kind of like started to lay low the last few days we were on the island of salt which is the most more like the touristy part of Cape Verde it's where all the hotels are it's where yeah. all the resorts are we had a chance to kind of lay back and say like you know toast and like you know drink a beer together and say like you know what we <laughs> this was awesome this was pretty cool and it's only January that's cool and how long were you guys there we were there for a couple of weeks. Uh, it was January 14th through the 28th. So this okay. was before, this was like before the coronavirus and all of this was even a thought. So you, you got, so you got there in, at the right time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so maybe switching gears just a little bit, like talking about the, the documentary process in general. Like, so you're there for two weeks. Like how many hours of 
film did you capture? You know, I think the documentary is something like 35, 36 minutes or something like that. Like yeah. how much footage did you capture to then whittle it down to this, you know, what you ended up sharing in the, in the documentary? Yeah, it was, uh, I'd say it was a lot. Um, I would say around six, seven hours of, of footage. And that's not even a lot for most films. It's not really that much, but, um, when you sit down and you have to organize it, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> and what was that? How does that process go? Like, do you, I, I imagine you have some sort of framework of what the general story arc is going to be, but then when you get into the actual footage and the B roll and the interviews, like how long did this take you to, to edit and kind of stitch together the, the full story? Um, and you, were you doing me. all the editing too? Yeah. So I edited the full, the whole video. That was on me. I'm not really like, you know, I'm not really a flashy person like in the editing scheme of things. I'm still working on that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the, it, the, the editing started uh, sometime after Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. mid-February. You know, I, I, after I came back from Cape Verde, I gave myself a few weeks to get myself up to date with all of my classes. And, you know, I had to make other short little videos for other classes and stuff. So I dedicated some time to that. I was like, okay, let me push aside, you know, the footage um, for a while. And, you know, I, uh, I was learning how to use after effects for a little bit. And, um, you know, I was finding a couple of new little um, bells and whistles in Premiere Pro during the time I was taking a class at BC about it. And, I completely finished the film around ooh, early May. Okay. May, yeah, like May 1st, May 2nd. And then color and correcting and all that came to, like I started doing the color correcting, color grade, all that. And uh, the film was good to go on May 15th. And so I uploaded it uh, midnight that day. Wow. So a couple, a couple months in the making to get this thing all, uh, all put together. Yeah. Which, you know, for a lot of, um, I had a couple of people that were talking to me about the film asking me like, you know, they said, Oh, you did a pretty good job with the editing. How long did that take? Like, or when did you go to Cape Verde to shoot this? And when I told them it was January, they were like, wait a minute, this January. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were say, how'd you get that whole thing done within like February, March, April. I was like, well, I just did it. <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot of, um, you know, editing. It's a, for a lot of, for a lot of other people, it's going to be a pain in the neck. But for me, I kind of enjoy, it. I love it. You know, it's almost like, it's almost therapeutic. You know, yeah. you're putting, it's like putting together a puzzle piece. And, you know, in this case, it was a lot of like, it was hours on hours and hours just sitting in the computer, just like hunched over the computer. Your eyes are red. You know, there's like, Bought water bottles all over the place since maybe like up until maybe three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And I'm in, and my cousin was nice enough to um, let me use his like Mac and use, you know, his computer and stuff yeah. to edit the film. Cause I don't have a computer for myself to, you know, edit this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, Cause I didn't have the money for it. And I still don't, <laughs> but it, it's, it's, um, it's a grueling process if you don't like it. But yeah. if you if you love what you do, if if it gives you, you know, a rush to like as you start to like see the movie come together, you're in the right place. And I know I was in the right place. You know, I enjoyed every minute of editing this movie, even when it was 
five o'clock in the morning and I had a, a 10 a.m. like the next day. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. Is there a part of the filmmaking process that you like the most? Like, is it the, the filming, the writing, the editing? Like, is there one thing that stands out or you just love the whole thing like soup to nuts? Every single part of it. Every single part of it, Ryan. I love it. You know, this, obviously this film, um, you know, it didn't need a screenplay. It didn't need any of that. But, you know, I also do write, you know, screenplays. I have a bunch of short screenplays. I have a full length screenplay, which probably won't see the light of day. But, you know, it's every part of it. You know, every part of the filmmaking process, like I enjoy it. Even getting behind the camera and even being in front of the camera or even doing the interview questions, you know, working them with working the boom mic, working like, you know, working in front of your computer screen for hours and hours, trying to put the pieces together to tell a story that is somewhat thorough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I enjoy every minute of it. Well, that's a good thing. You got to keep that with you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I don't want to take too much of your time here. So I just have a few more questions before I, before we wrap up. So maybe, to stay on this, to wrap, to put a bow on the, on the documentary a little bit, was there anything now that it's been released, it's been put out into the world? Um, you know, was there anything that you look back on and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I wish I did this differently, or I wish that was a mistake I made. Like, is there anything like that that was glaring or was it all part of the learning process? Like looking back on it, you're like, yep, that was, you know, obviously there's, there's hiccups along the way, but was there anything that stands out as far as like a, a glaring mistake or thing that you wish you had changed? Um, the one, the one thing that kind of stands out to me right now, it actually goes back to when I, um, you know, when I sent the film before it was released, I sent the film to a friend of mine, um, see what he thought about it. And this was like the, like the fine cut mm-hmm. of the film when I still had typos in the, uh, in the subtitle and everything. Hopefully, I, I mean, I checked. I don't think I do now, but hopefully I don't. But um, one thing he told me was like, yeah, this is a cool story. I like, you know, I like how it's very, uh, you know, I like how it's organized and stuff. But he told me, I, like one thing I can, I can say is I wish you kind of went more in into the personal store like lives mm-hmm. of the players and i thought about that and i was like i know man like i just didn't have enough time i did not i did not think about that like you know i just didn't have enough time and i just didn't think about it yeah <laughs> you know at no, the I time mean, it was more about like a, like uh, i just want to show what the team is going through but now because i want to uh, because i want to you know make another version of this Guess what I'm gonna do next? Go, go deep <laughs> you know in on, I mean? the, on the characters. Now you gotta go deep in on the characters. That's 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 something that um, I'm I'm gonna you know that's that's what I want to do. So was there anybody that you met there, whether it's a coach or a player or uh, you know anybody that you have like maintained a relationship with that you like really hit it off off with while you were there? Um, not really because just because of the fact that, um, you know, we didn't have that much time with the teams. Right. Um, but you, but I def, definitely did have a couple of players that, you know, I thought, like, yeah, that guy's pretty cool. And like, even the coach, the coach for Julian Thudy, I was thinking, like, yeah, that guy is, that guy has a heart. You know, he sees something in these kids, mm-hmm. you know, that he, and he wants to uplift their spirits. He wants to give these kids that opportunity that they would never have if this team didn't exist, you know. 
And he doesn't – like, one of his players told us, like, you know, this guy doesn't have to be here. You know, he doesn't have to be here with us, but he's it. But he is. He cares about us. He loves us, you know. And that's something that, you know, I'm going to – you know, that's what I want to spotlight um, in the next – in the, in whatever project that I do next. I love you know, it. You want to – you because you, you got to have that kind of – for a lot of for a lot of audiences, they want to see they want to have that personal connection with mm-hmm. their characters instead of just having them as like, you know, oh, this this guy's just going to do a couple interviews and then that's it. You know, and that's that, I feel like that's what's going to make this film so much better. So, um, I, I so we're staying tuned for yeah. part two. It sounds like, yeah, right now, yeah. <laughs> so, gotta get started on that. I like already it. started on that. So. <laughs> All right, so last question here. If you were to have, and I don't know if you have one or if it's or how you think about it right now at least, but is there like a dream project or film or thing that you would want to make uh, above all else, whether it's a, a feature-length documentary, whether it's a, a movie that appears in theaters, whether I don't know what it could be. It could be anything. It could be a short animated film. Is there one thing for you that you're like, that's the dream project that I could work on um, as a, as a filmmaker, as a creator? Uh, I got a ton of them. Uh, as far as the specifics go, I'm not going to release that. I'm okay. not going to tell anybody about that. Cause you know, there are biters out there, <laughs> you know, they'll say, Hey, that's a pretty cool idea. Let me go yeah. do that for myself. Yeah. You know, but um, I definitely, I definitely do. And um, from for, at this point, you know, everything that I do up until those, you know, up, up until those projects get off the ground, uh, everything I do is to work towards those goals, you know, uh, whether it's through short films, which I'm going to do, um, you know, in my local area. Um, one of my bigger goals, like my bigger milestones for now, at least this, you know, this decade or before I leave Boston and have to go live somewhere else. I want to, I want to film a full length feature here in my city. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to shoot not only just a feature, but also, um, you know, short films that, you know, represent the area, you know, on top of like a bunch of other, you know, other projects that I can take up as like freelance, you know, cause I know there's a lot of rappers around here that want to do music videos. There's a lot of like, you know, uh, people that want to get, um, certain projects done, whether it's like a wedding video or stuff like that. I'm down to do all of that. Um, but right now it's just kind of, I'm in that, I'm in that resume building process. Mm-hmm. And in, in this, in this, in this profession, you know, it's not about, you know, where you're working at. It's not about, uh, you know, what you're thinking about doing. It's not about what you like. It's about what are you producing? What do you, what do you have out? So uh, that's what I'm focusing on right now. Right now I'm just locking and loading, getting the tools that I need to get certain things off the air. Right now I'm doing this little challenge where I write a little screenplay a week. Like that. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, while also working on, you know, brainstorming for full length features. Uh, while and all while doing that, you know, because you got to have some kind of form of income and you're not going to see it right off the bat in this case, I'm not mm-hmm. seeing it right off the bat. So, you know, you got to have another job. So I'm certified as a personal trainer. So hopefully um, I can uh, find a good place to work at at a gym, you know, 
help people reach their goals and, um, you know, make some good dough from that and uh, <laughs> save up, pay off my loans. And uh, who knows, if I find a semi-pro football team or a flag football league somewhere, I'm going to uh, go and put some work in on the field. So I love it. there's just so much I can do right now before, uh, you know, that big break comes. But yeah. No, you just got to keep, it's a, it's a day by day thing and you just got to keep, you know, get yes, a little sir. bit better each day, it seems. Yes, sir. Trust the process, love what you do um, and stay faithful, stay focused, stay hungry. And that's just, that's the mentality I've got to the table. And if anybody in this industry or that wants to get into the industry has the same ideologies as me, has the same aspirations as me, you know, I challenge them to, you know, match my energy, do the same thing. As I am, I'd love to see what everybody in this area is, you know, see what everybody's got. That is a wrap on this week's episode of Destination Different. What a way to end that one, huh? Just Brandon tugging at my heartstrings makes me want to just jump out of bed in the morning and, and get to work. Uh, huge thank you to him for, for doing the interview. Uh, I, know, I know things are crazy right now, and so I appreciate him taking the time to sit down with me and talk a little bit about his, his film work and uh, what, he's been, what he's been up to. So again, thank you to Brandon. Be sure, I've got it linked up here in the, in the bio of the episode, description of the episode, but go check out his documentary, Kicking on Rocks. It is touching and informative and educational and, and really interesting. And um, it's, it's very well done for a, for a first kind of like extended length piece for him. It is, it is pretty impressive. So thank you again to Brandon for, the, for joining us here today. Make sure you go check out some of his, some of his work over on YouTube. Other than that, just a couple uh, quick housekeeping items for the Destination Different listeners. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you again. You know, We've just reformatted my email newsletter that I do each week or every other week. And if you haven't already, I would love for you to go click the link in the description. It's called Strange Brains. You'll see it right down in the episode. And go subscribe to that newsletter. I think the the new format is incredibly informative. Uh, you can, you know, it's a very quick read. Probably will take you through it in two, three minutes max. Um, it's not much. It's every other Monday, but I think the format is is really helpful and it's a good way one to stay in touch and in tune with what I'm up to and what I'm doing. But two, if you have any sort of interest in the creative space or the entrepreneurial space and you're looking to learn a little bit more or read more or watch more, uh, I give you three quick hits every other Monday uh, that can hopefully help you grow and learn and improve the, the community that you're surrounding yourself with. So my, that's my one ask for this week is go, if you haven't already, subscribe to Strange Brains, the email newsletter, at the link in the description. That's all for now. I hope everybody enjoys sports coming back on the television this week. I know I am very 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 excited so some things things are are not all dire right now i think there's there's some positive to be found in the world and sports are back baby so enjoy it that's all i've got 
Until next week, next Wednesday, where we will be back again with another episode of Destination Different. I hope that you all stay weird. Your love song, baby